Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Man, I'm so happy to be here every single Sunday. Awesome. God is such a wonderful God. Amen. So today I wanted to be able to speak with you guys on a topic that uh, I believe is just near and dear to God um, and near and near, dear to myself as well. And it's, in, uh, it's on the, the topic of rest. And so I actually want to bring out just a bunch of scriptures that really highlight um, what God says around rest and what we can do to be rested in him. And so before we do that, let's just pray. So God, we just thank you here today, Lord God, that you are um, our Lord and Savior and that you love us and that you're here in the midst of us, Lord God, and that, <clears throat> that you do everything you set out to do, Lord God. So I just thank you that you're such a wonderful and just such a gracious God, Lord God, just someone that loves and cares for each one of us and that you give us places of rest, Lord God. We just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. And so... I want to start off by saying, like, I, I hear a lot of people talking about, um, you know, oh, well, I can get so tired, or I get so frustrated, or I get so lonely, or I get so upset, or all sorts of things, or, you know, I get so stressed out, and all these kinds of things. But one of the things that I find out um, that's very interesting and very different that I look at when I read the Bible is just looking at different types of uh, characters um, and what they did throughout the Bible, and then looking at um, just even like the disciples, looking at the new church, looking at all those people, just seeing what kinds of, of um, what kinds of things they had to carry, what kinds of burdens they had to hold, and then looking at um, how they were able to interpret that information, what they had to put on their shoulders, what they had to carry, um, what the difference is between like us carrying something and versus God carrying something. And so I wanted to get into that a little bit because I find that sometimes when we're walking through life, we decide to take on the wrong load. You know, we take on uh, someone else's burdens or we take on um, a challenge that maybe we weren't supposed to take on or, you know, we get a little bit kind of mistaken and misguided in regards to just our internal um, uh, demeanor that we have, the way that we interpret information, all sorts of things that kind of plays into this whole um, reality of how we interpret God's love and how we interpret God's rest and all of that. So I wanted to just dive into it. And so I want to go into Hebrews 3 and 4. I want to read um, the scripture here. And then I want to go into just some Psalms and some different things that talk about these things. And so in Hebrews 3 verse 1, it says, now, we don't, have it, uh, we don't have the scriptures up here today, guys, but uh, if you do have your handy-dandy Bibles with you, um, we're going to have to do the follow-along um, old-school way. So, um, so if you do have your Bibles, pull them out. You know, you can follow through. You might want to glean back on a scripture or, or two or bookmark something. But anyway, so in Hebrews 3, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven. Think carefully about this Jesus, whom we declared to be God's messenger and high priest. For he was faithful to God, 
who appointed him, just as Moses served faithfully when he was entrusted with God's entire house. But Jesus deserves far more glory than Moses, just as a person who builds a house deserves more praise than the house itself. For every house has a builder, but the one who builds everything is God. Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a servant. His work was an illustration of the truths God would reveal later. But Christ has, as the Son, is in charge of God's entire house. And we are God's house. If we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ, that is why the Holy Spirit says, Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw um, my miracles for 40 years. And so I just want to stop there for a second. I don't want to get too far ahead. Um, so you can see that there's a bit of a case um, getting built here about how Jesus is, is deserving all that glory. Jesus is deserving more because he is the um, basically the builder of the house. He's the one um, you know, that orchestrates this whole, this whole thing um, that uh, God has been doing from the beginning of time. And, um, you know, we can see here that God is saying, um, and well, the Holy Spirit, which is God, right, is saying um, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. And so you, if you actually go back to that story, and I, I've been reading a lot in um, just in uh, the Old Testament um, and just going through the Bible in a year again. And so um, I was reading past that part there where um, the people of Israel were coming out of uh, slavery, and you can just really see how powerful God was. Like, I mean, he did so many miracles, like just in the sky, they were following pillars of fire. Like, I mean, they saw like, you know, they saw like locusts and just coming in and, and, and um, swarming the Egyptians and just God just like intervening and, and providing all these like miracles, just these things that happened that basically caused um, you know, Pharaoh to let them go, and, you know, they got, they, God divided the sea, all these things happened, they were in the wilderness, but it was like, it was just never enough, it was just never enough, it was never going to satisfy that person, it's like the person just had this void on the inside of them, it was like this, this area in their heart that just was never going to become softened, by God. It was just never going to hear what he had uh, to say. And if you actually read through that whole account, there's just so many awesome things that God did. And it just goes to show me like how much it's just us as people where we have to, um, uh, we have to tend to our hearts. We have to tend to um, the very nature of who we are. We have to like really dig in and have that relationship solid with the Lord that we can't let our hearts get hardened. It says, today, when you hear his voice, okay, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness, right? So um, if we keep going on here, it says, there your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. Could you imagine waking up in the morning and having manna on the ground? Like God's like, I'm going to give you food every day, you know, just boom, right there on the ground, totally taken care of, like just amazing what God can do. And so, um, you know, 
Like, I mean, Moses getting a rod and just, like, striking a rock and, like, water coming gushing out. Like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, those kinds of miracles that were happening back then. And so, you know, it was just trying God's patience. Like, 40 years of that, that God was with them there doing that. Um, so even though they saw miracles for 40 years, so I was angry with them, and I said, their hearts always turn away from me. Weird, eh? Like, after all of that, that it's like a person's heart can still have just a hardness to it. You know what I mean? Like, we can just get so hard. Um, it says, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. You know what's crazy about that? Is it's, we have a position in our own heart. We have a position in our own heart to be able to say, I'm going to allow God to mold my heart, to allow God to come into my heart, to be somebody that I'm going to be close with, to be someone that I'm going to obey, to be someone I'm going to listen to. And when we do that, it's like, you know, we're not turning away from God, we're turning to God. And when we turn away from God, we can't expect that we're going to enter into a place of knowing God's rest or knowing who God is. So, you know, a lot of people, when, when, when we're looking at, like, understanding God's place of rest, I find that we get so locked on and fixated on the idea of, oh, well, I'm just doing these three things, so God better just make, make everything line up the way that it should. Like, I should have, you know, um, the best job. I should have, you know, uh, all of my family taken care of. I should have everything because I went to church on Sunday and I decided to sign up for a ministry area to like help in and I like being a good person. You know what I mean? It's like, it's so much more um, like of a fulsome aspect of like our whole life that we have to consider. Like when God said like, you need to open, like you need to come to me. It was like, you need to come to know him. You need, we need to come and experience Jesus. We need to come and get close with Jesus. We need to allow that heart to not be hardened. We need to turn our eyes towards God and say, God, you are the Lord of myself. You are the Lord of myself. You are the Lord and I will honor, I will worship you, I will give you the praise. You are the God that takes care of everything. You are the God that I am going after. And when we do that, it's like we align this, this perspective of like ourselves together with him. And it's like he has a greater opportunity to actually have an impact and to actually be able to do something on our behalf. But the expectation can't be, oh, well, God, um, I gave you three areas of my life. Or you know, yeah, I'm serving you, but, you know, after this, I'd really, I'm not going to be thinking about you. I'm going to maybe just think about you the next time I come to church on Sunday. Like, how many times, like, God knew that their hearts were far away from him. God knew that the people of Israel weren't coming to him, like, 40 years of being in the wilderness with them. And I mean, like, he was there the whole time. They were there with God the whole time. Like, 
It was like they were ex coexistent together, but it was like oil and water. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like their life was like oil and water. It's like the people of Israel were hardened to, to say, God, everything that you did shows me how powerful you are, and I want to be underneath the safety. I want to be under the protection of who you are. I want to be in communion with that kind of a God. Instead, the people of Israel were hardened like oil and water. And what God wants us to be is to be unified with him. And so in his anger, he says, I took an oath that they will never enter my place of rest. Why? Because they never came to know him. It's like he already put his hand out for 40 years. Here, 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 here. Oh, that's an angry God. 40 years giving? And we're not getting something in, you know, we're not getting something in return in regards to having a healthy relationship. Like imagine having a relationship with someone where all you are is the one-sided giver, right? And then how many of you guys know that, you know? And then you look at a situation and you say, well, you know, they just, they really don't care about this relationship. You know what I mean? And it's like, God sees it the same way. He's, you know, we're made in his image. We're, we're basically, we have characteristics that are like God. You know what I mean? Like, so he relates with us, like, just like how we relate with each other. Like, so when he was angry and he said, I can't have him enter my place of rest, it's because 40 years, their hearts were hard and they were distant from him. And so this is like a very huge point that I want to bring out. Very, 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 very huge point. For entering God's rest, we need to know that we're coming into an experience of getting to know who he is, of getting to actually um, position our heart towards, towards him and to actually be soft towards what he is saying. So it says, be careful then, dear brothers and sisters, um, make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turn, um, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. And who was it who rebelled against God? Even though they heard his voice, wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned? whose corpses lay in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. So God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter his rest. 
For the others, God said, in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Even though this rest has been ready since he made the world, we know it is ready because of the place in the scriptures where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from all his work. But in the other passage, God said, they will never enter my place of rest. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his rest, and that time is today. <clears throat> so I just want to bring out a bit in that chunk of scripture there is you can see that in that obedience to God, in that connection with God, and not going down a sinful path, that that's the choice that we have to make in order to equal rest. It's like if you were to do a math equation, I don't know if you ever see like, you know, you have to find A. Um, I find it kind of, uh, kind of interesting. Daryl has a really cool shirt where he, uh, it has uh, like the triangle on it and then, you know, it has the number on, on the one side and the number on the bottom and then it has X and it says, try to find X and he's like, points the arrow, that was easy. And I saw that when he was at prayer the one day and it, it was kind of cool. But in the math equation like that, you always have to try to find X or A or whatever it is, right? And so it's interesting because it's like this equals that, right? And so you have to do a little bit of a formula over here and then all of a sudden, boop, they, the number um, populates, right? After you do the formula and then I figured out what X was. And so what I find is when we enter into a place of rest, a lot of times, because we evaluate everything based on how we experience it, and uh, we think that just by going to bed at night is going to give us rest. It does, right? It gives us a general rest. But what I find is we think that we need to equate that type of an equation to everything that we do. So we say to ourselves, our rest, right, is equal to how, that, um, how we experience that in our day. So if I get really tired in a day, I'm just going to say, I need rest. Or if different things happen in my life, I'm just going to say, I need rest. And what that rest would mean is that I need to be able to just go home and have a nap. And I need to be able to just kick up my feet and I need to sit there on the TV and watch five hours of TV or whatever it might be. So in a lot of times we evaluate this aspect of rest and we say that's what we need when we feel drained but what i'm saying is it's actually not that because in hebrews 3 and 4 you can use that scripture to be able to actually create the equation to get you to equal rest so let's say rest is x okay so rest is x What's the equation for getting to X? The equation, according to what we've read so far, is that we must not have a hardened heart. So there's part of the equation. Not having a hardened heart, then we need to make sure that we turn our face towards the Lord, right? And that we obey him and we do not sin. And when we do those things, it says that that is the equation to equal X. That is the equation to equal rest. So what we find out in the passage of scripture here is that you actually have to apply an actual action that associates to get your rest. 
So we can't just assume that rest shall happen when we're walking through our day and that we're going to always get to that place of rest. It's through that equation, right? And so when you look at that, that means, man, I have to look, work on my obedience. I have to work on my heart. I have to work on following after God. I actually have to build a relationship with the Lord in order to enter into his rest. And that rest is a different type of rest. You can say going to bed is going to give you a form of rest, but going to bed will give you only a part of rest. But when you actually go after God, it's like a lifestyle of rest. You know what I mean? It's like an actual whole experience of being restful throughout the days of your life. So God's rest, if we keep going on here, God's rest is, is uh, so in Hebrews 4, 6, and we'll just continue from there. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they um, disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his rest. And that time is today. So God announced this through David much later in the world and the words already quoted. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Now, if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we, fit, we, will, we will fall. For the word of God is alive and powerful. Okay? So that means that this is true, basically. And it will work the way that it's saying here. That's what it's saying. So I would put that one to the test because that one I have had tested time and time again and become true. Um, and it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. And I just want to go back to that because that it's alive and powerful. I've been through life scenarios just like every single one of us here where it's raining. It's raining on our day, okay? And I mean something blows up. And I can tell you right now that time and time again, it's getting down on my knees. It's getting right to God on those matters. It's having conversation with him. It's digging in a little bit deeper. It's not putting my middle finger up to the Lord. It's none of that kind of stuff. It's digging in and saying, God, I know you're a different than all of these circumstances around me. I know that you're the one that's going to protect me. I know that you're the one that's going to lift my spirit in this situation. I know you're the one that's going to bring energy to me. And I can tell you right now that I've been in those kinds of scenarios, and I've seen others in those kinds of scenarios, and I can say that God has honored and he has protected that word inside of my heart. He has been able to take me and build me up and strengthen me again and fortify me. And so that's the privilege we get to have when we follow after this, when we actually take this principle and apply it to our life. Um, so it says, um, so it says here, where were we? Verse 12, okay. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper 
uh, than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. So he knows whether you're faking it or whether you're really, really positioned deep in your heart towards him. And if you're deeply positioned towards him, I'm going to tell you right now, he's not confused. He's going, to, he's going to hear you. He's going to know it. You don't have to be concerned like, oh my gosh, I don't know if God's actually is seeing my heart. No, he sees your heart. He knows your, He probably knows your heart better than you do. Well, he does know your heart better than you do. So just know that if you feel like you're positioning towards him, then that's good. And just know he is seeing that. So it says here, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom um, we are accountable. So it says here, and this is the part that I find really cool. So then, um, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. So let's hold on to Jesus. Let's hold on to our faith. Let's hold on to, no, you know what? I'm not going to go off the deep end. I'm not going to go to a bar and drink my, you know, my guts out because I'm holding on to Jesus. That's my answer. I'm not going to, you know, whatever the vice is. I'm not going to, you know, just sit there and watch Netflix for five hours. I'm going to put my faith and my hope in the Lord. I'm going to go to him and bring this to him because then I'll be really rested in that area of my life and I'm going to be alive in that area and then I can go about my day and I'm going to be able to experience what it's like to really feel that rest. So it says this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same testing we did yet he did not sin wow so it's like he never even failed at it you know what i mean he got to experience you know just like all of that he knows what it takes to actually do that isn't that amazing that that's our high priest he's the one we can go to and say what should i do in this situation right now how can i position my heart towards you you know, and that's why we have our brothers and sisters. What does it say? It said, you know, turn that we we turn to you know um, each other, and um, and and that we expose those things. We say, hey, this is an area that you need to do a checkup on. This is an area that you have to do a checkup on. Like it's doing that to each other because we're wanting to keep ourselves purified. We're wanting to keep ourselves in that that place of rest. And believe it or not, it might feel like a work. You might go, oh well you know, just doing the right thing and not being angry at, you know, whoever did you wrong is, you know, it's a hard thing. It's actually, it, it's, it's stressful. I can't believe, I, you know, you would want me to not be angry at whoever did that wrong thing to you. It's like, well, in order to enter that rest, you have to walk in forgiveness. In order to enter that rest, we have to give up all the sin in our lives. We have to push towards him. But the cool thing is that we have that high priest that when we go and have a conversation with, I don't know if you know a lot of the old, you know, um, where everybody stands and just like knowing like the old customs and stuff like that. But that's why they had the high priest. The high priest would give the offerings. Those offerings were put on the altar. That high priest would, would be able to, uh, to give those offerings on behalf of those people to the Lord and, and for that forgiveness of sins. And that was basically going back to the Lord. That was softening of the heart. That was saying, God, you know, I sinned against you. Like, 
forgive me of that and cleanse me of that and let me like experience you let me enter that place of rest by by going to the lord continually that's how we get it and it says you know that our high priest gets it you know like when somebody doesn't get it you talk to them you're like no nah. <laughs> they don't get it they, they don't understand where i'm coming from and why i am the way that i am right now but it says here that this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses isn't that awesome that he would just relate with each one of us he would say he understands each one of us that he understands each one of our hearts and that he can relate with our weakness it says because he was tested in all the same things but he never did anything wrong in the midst of all the testing he never did anything wrong so he he didn't have to go and do a sacrifice or you know he didn't have to go and and, and atone his sin he didn't have the sin right we do and as we do that that's how we get to enter his rest right so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious god there we will receive his mercy wow so it's like he's not even judging you even when you've like gone away from his rest he's saying come to me be obedient come to me and i will give you that rest so he's able to be that god that can come in close to us and be able to give us what we need and it says there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most so we can always get the opportunity to experience his rest there's never a place where we feel like we don't get to experience his rest we can't just go oh now i'm completely disqualified there's no way i'm ever going to get to experience his rest any of us at any point in time can turn from our sins and we can go and enter that rest we can also leave that rest as we read earlier that it's contingent it's an equation guys it's not like an option it's not like oh well we should just be tolerant of everybody like in that no it's like this is how it works this is how the principles were laid in the biblical principles it's like it's just it's either you're going to get that rest because you're doing what you're supposed to do to get that form of rest or you're not getting that rest because you're not doing what you're supposed to do it's not an option of whether you know somebody gets an exception to the rule there's not such thing as an exception to the rule there so this is the kind of um covenant that we're in with the lord and the kind of benefit that we get we get a benefit of actually going to the lord we get a benefit of having rest so when you see someone not rested you know <laughs> don't think they're sinning necessarily they might be interceding for god to do something there but when you when you know that area of your heart just examine your heart and say why am i not feeling rested why do i not feel this guys i don't know if you know this but we have a replenish retreat coming up guys and i'm telling you right now you want to get a closeness with the lord do you know that in order for any of us to get close with the lord we have to come to the cross do you know that when we go to the replenish retreats it doesn't matter whether you're a new believer it doesn't matter whether you've been a christian for 20 years every one of us has to go to the cross it's like there's only one of us that hasn't sinned I can tell you right now that sometimes the burden just feels heavy sometimes the burden's really heavy sometimes we don't feel that rest but guess what that's why we have things like the replenishment tree you can just take off the burden you can repent of your sins you can come and be cleansed you can have things that that you get rejuvenated in and yes maybe there's some things that you learn that are different right um, and so there's some we're going to have 
Uh, just keep your eyes on the weekly because we're going to be having some information coming out just about the replenish retreat. And you know, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of stuff um, just being able to pour into this uh, to this retreat, just like the last one. But this one, we're going to be able to even have people that are fairly uh, new in their faith and want to go through a bunch of lessons. There's going to be stuff for them. There's going to be stuff for um, like more mature believers that have had their faith growing from. Um, you know, over a longer period of time, and they, if they're needing new things that they get poured into them, and I'm telling you right now, guys, that when we come and we repent of those things, like each one of us, that we're going to enter that rest. I've never gone to a retreat like one that God was in where I never felt that rest. I never felt like, wow, I'm alive again. Whew, I got a skip in my step, you know, I'm ready to go. And that's what you guys, that's what we all get to have as we move forward in God, as we continually do that. And I'm just, I'm getting to a place where I'm, you know, just by seeing how everybody feels frustrated, how everybody feels, you know, very um, isolated, everybody feels very um, just completely segregated from just each other and just from community and just from growing in God. I just, I really feel a deepness to praying for those things and just praying that we come to a place where we can wake up and we can be alive and we can just be able to do what God wants to do. Just see life in color. Amen? We can see that, experience that, and live that out. We can live in a colorful place. Amen? How many of you guys know that sometimes we walk through our life and we say, this isn't the way that it was supposed to be. I wasn't designed to be uh, fragmented. I wasn't designed to feel this oppression. I wasn't designed for this, just like whatever it is, like this lethargic thing that, that comes at me. I wasn't designed for these things. I was designed for something greater than this. And I'm telling you right now, the guy who designed you, Jesus, God, he knows how to get that life in you. And it's not the equation that we all think it's necessarily going to be. It's the equations that the scriptures tell us on how we get those things. So if you want rest, we need to go after the equation that God has. And so I want to read in even just into um, some Psalms, because I find that David was a man who really persevered. And I believe he was a man that was after God's heart. And by going after God's heart, what? So that what does it say? It says that by going after God's heart that we find that rest. So David was what? He was a courageous man. Because it takes work to get to rest. It takes a place of getting into your guts and ripping something out that's not of God, right? We live in a sinful, fallen world where we are all prone to follow a sinful way, right? And so we have to rip that out. And we have a, the beautiful thing is, we have a wonderful high priest. The beautiful thing is that he understands all those weaknesses. And the other beautiful thing is that he says, you can come boldly to the throne of grace and I'll give you all, all that you need to break that. Amen? And so this is what David knew of God. He understood that this place of rest and what he was after and he was able to get that and so if we read in psalms 46 10 um 
So if you got you got to be a quick flipper to to catch all these uh, psalms, but you can just write them down if you want, um, or you can just check the live stream after. But Psalms forty six ten it says, "Be still and know that I am God." I have that scripture verse up on like um, like in our uh, carry in my uh, bedroom. Um, I have that up just right over my dresser, and it's like, "Be still and know that I am God." Because sometimes it's just like, you know what? God is God, <laughs> and he's done this before. He's done all these problems before, and he knows how to get through it. And so sometimes we just need to be able to know that we can be still. How many of us, you know, you hear people like just anxieties and just depression and just, you know, can't get any sleep, just so anxious inside themselves because of just so much worry, you know? And it's like, we need to understand that we can just be still and know that God is God. And he's going to be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. And, you know, like even like you look at the Afghanistan, all of the crazy stuff that's going on there, you know. Everybody's concerned about Taliban. Everybody's concerned about terrorism, you know. All of those types of things. God said, be still and know that I am God. Could you imagine being in a, um, under a regime where you're um, feeling in fear, that would be very difficult. But what? We can be still and know that God is God and that he'll be honored by every nation and he'll be honored throughout the world. Do you know, God, until revelations happens and it's the end of time, it's the Lord's world. You know, the enemy might have a little bit of a, of a fling, you know, in some different parts of the world and he might think that he has some dominion but god ultimately in the end will be the one that wins out on all these scenarios on all these challenges that are going on if he wants um you know he he's ultimately leading the whole world towards him he's leading the whole world to a place where they come and they get to know him right and it even says about how jesus when he comes back like he's coming back with authority he's coming back and he's going to take dominion so that's the God that we have. We don't have to live in this fear. You know what I mean? We don't have to live under a fearful spirit. We don't have to be anxious. We don't have to be depressed. We know that we're going to get that rest. We know that God has a way for each one of us to experience and get to know him more. So we read in Psalms 37, 7, it says, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. So we just be still in the presence of the Lord. We can wait patiently for him to act. You know, when I've had those times where I feel like the world is just raining on me, like just problems are raining on me, it's like, and I'm just going to the Lord, I'm like, it's got to be more than this, Lord. It's got to be more than this. It's got to be more than this. I know there's more than this. And I believe you, and I believe you, and I trust you. And you know, a lot of people in those times, that's when they, like, I find a lot of times where people can give up their faith. They just go, you know what? I didn't, I didn't see God doing much. I feel drained. I feel like I'm not rested. So I'm done. I'm giving up. I'm giving over. And that begots lots of problems. But when we pursue after him we just say i'm not going to give up i'm not going to give up i'm pressing i'm pressing i'm pressing 
And don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Don't worry about what the Taliban's plans are, you know? Don't worry about those things as much as we are supposed to be still in the presence of the Lord. I'm not having my worry over that take away from my time of intimacy and closeness with the Lord and waiting patiently for him to act. Like, the people of Israel were intense in the middle of a desert. And God's like, I'm going to go take, take you to go take down giants, right? Like, come on. You know what I mean? He's got a bunch of wanderers with tent pegs. They don't even know how to get food. Like, God can do it, okay? Don't worry about it. Just wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about what is going on that way. We don't need to be fretting and worried and anxious that God will give us rest. And it says, I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. So our victory comes from him. Our place of rest will come from him. He's that fortress. He's that salvation. We don't need to be shaken. And I can tell you right now that going back to even reading um, in Exodus, I think it was in Exodus 33. If you want to go there and read it on your own time, you can. But I didn't want to bring it out today, but I just want to bring out one point, is that Moses said, that God said to Moses, he says, you know, you have been seeking me and your heart has been towards me. He says, I'm going to give you that place of rest. Do you know that when those people were seeking him, that he gave that place of rest? It was out of the disobedience of those people that they didn't get the rest, but Moses still received that rest. So Moses was able to experience the Lord. He went into a tent, and he was able to pray and speak to the Lord even in that, and he got to have communion with the Lord. That's what you get. You get the communion with the Lord when your heart is softened towards him, when you don't do an oil and water situation. It's like, if I was to ask you, how well do you know the Lord right now? How well do you feel like your heart is attuned to him? How well do you feel like you're open to receiving from him and be obedient to what he has told you? Because that, if you're saying, well, I've done that extremely well, I would love to have a conversation with you if you've said that you're not receiving rest because I would be really astonished by it. I really would. But if, you know, you haven't been experiencing that and you feel that in your heart and you feel that disconnection, that disjointedness, allow yourself to be softened even right now. Just say, God, I'm going to soften that area of my heart. I'm going to mold that area of my heart. I'm going to say, God, I'm going to open up to you. I'm going to allow you to be that place of rest in my life. I'm going to allow a new place of my heart to be open and softened to you. I'm not just going to go to bed early to get my rest. I'm actually going to pursue you. I'm actually going to come towards you. And I'm going to get tired coming towards you because by getting tired coming towards you, in the end, I'm going to be rested. It's like when people go to the gym and it's like, so you want to get more energy. You want to feel more healthy. Okay, go strain your body. Go damage your body because when you lift weights, you're actually ripping your muscles, right? So it's like go damage your body and then you'll get stronger. You know what I mean? It's like, so sometimes when we look at our princi the principles of how things happen, right, we have to look at it from a different angle. That's all I'm trying to say with that. So when we read the Bible and we want God's place of rest, if we want a place of 
tranquility in our soul, okay? It's going to come from finding the answer in the Bible that says that, and you will have that. Like, I can tell you right now that when I go to bed, I get wonderful sleep, and I wake up, and I do not feel tormented in myself. I get the benefit of that, and I know that I don't feel worried about what's going to come next because God works with me. God speaks with me. God communes with me. So I get to wake up and know, okay, Lord, what are we doing today? What's coming next? And I'm not sinning. I'm not following after a sinful nature. I'm not seeking sinful things in my life. I'm actually trying to purify myself, and I'm trying to have people around me that are speaking life into me as well, and that are calling me out on things and saying, you're kind of mean. You need to be a little bit kinder. Okay, well, you know what? I got to work on that. Like, actually trying to work on my character and work on things so that I can pursue and get to know the Lord that way. Um, and it says here in Psalm 91.1, it says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So when we do things like, you know, when we go to like a replenish retreat, what we're doing is we're coming into a place that's the Lord's, that is going to be just him and all of us. We're going to go into that form of shelter. And I'm telling you, there's nothing wrong with it. You'll find that you're refreshed when we take some time, when you, you know, when you take some time away with the Lord. So those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. It's like, and not just even that, just all of the things that you can do just to get to experience who God is in your devotional time, especially, you find the most in there. So in Psalms 127, 1-2, it says, Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with um, centuries uh, will do no good. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Amen? So that when our heart comes to know the Lord, are you getting this picture? That when our heart is getting to know the Lord, when our heart is in love with the Lord, it says that he gives rest to his loved ones. So Moses in his devotion towards the Lord, he's like, no, no, no. He says, yeah, yeah, I see this whole thing they're going on. Yeah, I see everybody, they're getting me angry. Yeah, no, don't worry, you're getting rest. You're going to get some rest, Moses. Thank you for coming and getting to know me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with you. You know what I mean? And so we can experience that rest, right? And so um, what this is all saying is the same thing. So, you know, how many of us just strive, you know, in society these days, you know, we just strive to just form excellence, you know, we work seven days a week, Do you know that, like, that's why the God made the Sabbath, and they said that God rested on the seventh day, you know what I mean? It's like, take a day, or take 
like equivalent of a day or, or whatnot, and just rest, you know? God gave us an opportunity to rest. Like, he made that for man. He made the Sabbath for man. He said, like, it's not like, do this for me. It's like, do this because it's going to help you. You know what I mean? Like, eat your vegetables. Like, that kind of a thing. Like, God is saying, take some rest. Like, God isn't just wanting to, you know, push us beyond the way he created us. He wants us to be complete from the way that he created us, involving rest. And rest is vital. It's very important. And so I want to bring out just a couple other scripture verses, one in Isaiah and one in Matthew, and just wrap it up on these two here. And it says, um, in Isaiah 40, 29 to 31, it says, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Wow. So it's like, even if you feel weak right now, it's like when you go to God, God's going to say, I don't care about that. You know what I mean? I'm not going to allow you to live in a place of constantly feeling defeated. You're not going to stay there, you know? It's because it even says, like, even youths will become weak and tired. So, you know, you might be like the weak one on the block, right? Like, you know, like imagine going to the Olympics, okay? Like, you see all those racers, right? You see, like, the thunder thighs that they got going on. Could you imagine, like, you know, you haven't done any working out. Like, I just go there the way I am, and I'm like, oh, yeah, all right, here we go. <laughs> here we go. I'm going to get on the race line. Everybody's voting, like, you know, everybody's saying, oh, this guy's not going to make it, right? And you go off to the start, and you're like, I'm not going to make it. But you, you trust in God, right? You trust in the Lord to find your strength. And so you're just trusting in the Lord, and you're, like, just not in shape whatsoever. And you just start running, and you're running. And all of a sudden, you see these guys with, like, huge thunder thighs that are just, like, all tired, and they just start getting worn out. Like, they, they knew what they were able to do, but after a certain point, they just got tired, right? And that's just because of natural exhaustion. But then all of a sudden, you find that you're this person who was not a strong person, who was very weak in a lot of ways, and you're just running, and you just can't stop running, and you can't stop running, and you're just, like, soaring. Like, I mean, you're flying down the path, and you're like, what the heck? What kind of person am I? You're trying to catch your mind up to even who you are because you're not even accustomed to that way of thinking. You're like, I thought I was the person that was probably last on the list. That's what God is saying in that scripture. He's saying that he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless so that they will run and not grow weary. So, you have a strength of fortitude when you're communing with that ultimate, powerful Lord and Savior. When you position your heart towards him, the power in his rest is available for you. The power and the magnitude of that rest is available when we align ourselves to him, when we agree with, with him, when we put our heart towards him, he says, 
that's one I'm going to keep. That's one I'm going to make sure never falls down. Because what he's doing towards me, I don't ever fail. And because he's with me, he will not fail. He's not punishing people. He's not failing those that trust him because they're the ones that are allowing him, out of our free will, allowing him to do and demonstrate through them. So it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you think you're the person that's going to be last in place when you go to start. It does not matter. It does not have relevance because what is relevant is your position towards the Lord. That is the only, only thing that qualifies you to actually become extremely well in regards to the area of rest and God to giving you the strength for everything that you need. That's the only requirement. And so it says here in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30, so this is our high priest that we read in Hebrews that's talking here, right? Our high priest is speaking here. So this is Jesus. It says in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30, it says, then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you depletion. No, I'll give you rest, right? All you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, I will give you rest. So if you're weary and you carry heavy burdens, it says, I will give you rest. So when I was weary, when life decides to rain on me, because it's going to rain on all of us, right? All sorts of stuff's going to happen. That's just what happens. When it happens, you know, all those who are weary and carry heavy burdens, it says that he will give us rest. Take my yoke upon you, which is what? A yoke, you know what a yoke is? A yoke was like on an ox, and what it would do is it would, it would be on the shoulders of the ox, and they would pull a cart and it would be a way of distributing all of that weight so that that ox could just like walk and it would pull and so when God is saying take his yoke he's saying take what I have given you for work to do you know because a lot of us when we say oh yeah I'm going to go after God yeah my heart's towards him what if God wants us to do something for him what if God has a plan over our life that we're not comfortable with if we don't walk in obedience towards the things that he puts inside of our heart, some things that God tell, like shows us in our heart on how we can, can do things for him, on how we can love him, on all these things, you know, we find those scary even for ourselves. But it says that when we take those, those things that God has placed on us, like I have a burden on my life, just like each one of you have a burden on your life, on what we're supposed to do in our lives, Right? And what we're supposed to do to like actually, you know, produce some things on this earth that's just God giving, you know what I mean? And God loving towards people. It's like there's this burden on our shoulders. And he says, take my yoke upon you. So he's saying, what is he saying? Take this thing you got to do. Like you ever hear, hear, hear um, different missionaries? Yeah, go into the jungle. Go into the jungle and what? And tell some people about Jesus? Like, what the heck? That's a yoke. That's a light yoke, believe it or not. It's a light yoke. So when God says, take my yoke upon you, it's because he knows already what you can handle. 
you know? When you decide to go away from that, that's when it gets messed up. That's when it starts messing up. And I mean, I really mean it, because what happens is a life is very intricate, even like with your psychology, with just like your nutrition, everything about how you're fabricated, your spirit, all these things, and all of the things in life are constantly feeding us and pouring into us in different ways. And so if my choices are always rested upon how I want to perceive those choices to be and how I choose everything, and you know, I'm not even seeking God in his word, or I'm seeking God's word, but I'm only doing it on a Sunday. I'm not going to, I'm not going to actually apply any of it to my life, because I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm just going to chop that part up a bit, you know. It's like, when we do that, it's like, we're living in a, in a reality, in a way, where we're actually positioning ourselves to not have a, a correct way of even, ex like, how God positioned us to, to carry a load, you know, like putting on a yoke, putting on a weight on our shoulders a certain way where we're like off, you know, like if, if you have the wrong kind of yoke on, on your shoulders, like I don't know if you, like I've done a bit of, of weightlifting and I can tell you that if you don't have the right position, like if you don't put the right posture in place, like if, if I go to do a squat, you have to like have your back aligned straight, you have to have the bar position, it's got to be rested right here, you know, you've got to go down, you've got to make sure your knees don't go forward, that they stay back, that you lean back and down when you go down for a squat. Like, you have to be positioned correctly before you go down for a squat. But how many of us just say, oh, who cares? You know, who cares? You know, oh, yeah, yeah I'm, yeah, I'm following after God. Yeah, sure, okay, yeah, just give me the bar. Just give me the bar. Just give me the bar. Let me just do it. Let me just do it. Oh! Right? Because we're doing it in our own way. And so a lot of times when... When he says, come to me, you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest, take my yoke upon you, he's saying, come to me and let me teach you what you need to do. Let me give you guidance towards what you need to do with your life. Do you see how it's not an independent ability anymore? It's not like a form of just me just doing my own things. I actually have to do something with someone. You know what I mean? I can't just go, I'm going to just make my own decisions every, all, whenever I want. No. It's, I have to have a communion with someone, and that communion is going to determine where the direction is that I go. And I'm going to be obedient, which basically means that my will is going to have to be submissive towards his plan, right? That's me following after him. And it says, and why do we do that? Because, not because, not because, you know, oh, well, that sounds mean. No. God made the whole universe. God made the whole universe. And if he's God, he made the whole universe, and he's fully loving, and he knows everything wonderful for your life, then sometimes as children, right, we like to pull a tamper tantrum. We like to have the easy route. But with God, if we obey his word, if we follow after him, we take on that whole yoke, what we're doing is we're actually positioning our lives towards a better way that we can exist because he is not considering us and disqualifying us and taking things away from us. He's pouring into us. And so that's what God is doing. So it says, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. So that means 
that we lay our will down at the altar and we say, God, I want what you're telling me. I want your plan. You're more important in this situation and I want to do this with you. I want to be with you through it all. I want to be with you because I don't want to be burdened because I don't want to have some kind of, you know, I might think I'm going to succeed for a year, you know, in whatever job I'm going to go into, but next thing you know, it burns because it wasn't the right thing that God had or you're feeling burnt out after you've done it for so long and you knew that you didn't enter into it the right way. You knew that God was leading you in a different way, that there was this other job that you were supposed to do or whatever it is. So let me teach you, it says in that verse. Let me teach you because I am what? Humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Wow. He's gentle and humble, okay? That's the Savior. He's not some guy that you see, you know, giving some kind of motivational speech on YouTube. Some guy that's going to pump you up and is going to want you to click all the like buttons on their platform or stroke their ego because, you know, they're uh, a great psychologist or whatever it is. It's nothing like that. God said that he's humble, that he is gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls because he values the person that you are. He wants relation with you, and he will give you rest. He says that you will find rest for your souls. So that's what happens, and it says here, so he reinstates it, and he says, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Amen? And I can tell you that even those missionaries, that example, you're like, wow, that's, that sounds very difficult. That's not for you. That was for someone else. God stirs our hearts. God gives us supernatural grace. He gives us abilities. I'm telling you right now, there's lots of things that we do in our life where we feel like I would never, never do that scenario. I would never do that situation. I have stuff that I've talked about with Carrie, and I'm like, you know, this is something that I'm, going, I'm doing with my life. And I said, if it was a year ago, I would never, with a 10-foot pole, touch what I'm doing right now on, you know, not, not what I'm doing right, right now, but I mean, there's things in my life where I would say, and I said that, and I said, but you want to know something that's amazing? Is that God poured out a grace to handle what he told me to do, and I chose to be obedient before I even had that grace. I just chose to be obedient, and I'm like, God just does it. He just does it. As soon as I chose obedience and walked down that path, that thing that God told me to do was like, boom, instant power, instant grace to handle this scenario, to handle it. There's like Christians that have gone to jail, and they felt like, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to get through this? And God just pulls them through it. You know what I mean? Like, there's a grace that comes. There's a power that comes. God is a powerful, powerful, powerful God. When you read all these scriptures and you start looking at what they mean, I'm telling you, there's a very supernatural, powerful aspect of all of these things. There's a very potent reality that you can experience if you pursue it right, if you position 
your heart and you go after those things, I'm telling you, God's got some really cool things to pour into each one of us. So let's just pray. God, I just pray right now, Lord Jesus, that you would just speak to each one of our hearts, God, that you would give us um, a heart towards you, Lord God. And I just pray, Lord God, that you would just um, bless each one of us, Lord God, as we come to know you, Lord God. I pray that, Lord God, that um, even as we're looking at our day today, Lord God, that we would just reposition our heart towards you, Lord God, that we would accept you as our Lord and Savior, that we would say you are our God and we honor and praise you and you are worthy of everything, God, and we want to do our life with you. God, I pray that we would seek after that, Lord God, that we would say sin is not allowed, that we could just go to you, to that boldly, to that throne of grace, that we can go there and we can get the grace, the power to get out of those situations and that you forgive us of those things, Lord God, that we can go to you with that. We go to you with our re repentance, Lord God. And we just, Lord God, we just repent of those areas, those areas that we don't uh, honor you in, Lord God, that we don't submit our hearts to, Lord God, that we would honor and please you, Lord God, that we would come to know you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.